Broadcasting live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Police Applicant Podcast. This is episode number 12. I've been doing pretty good at those, remembering which which episode it is. And uh, today, man... Uh, I have a guest on with me, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Minerva Gaines. And uh, Minerva, first off, welcome to the podcast. It's so good that you're not only a guest, you're a personal friend of mine. We used to be background investigators together, and uh, and uh, you were a police officer. And welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of your podcast, so I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Well, the reason you're on the show is because you've got a kind of a special story. And I have to be honest with you, I would not want to be in your shoes. But you showed that you were uh, you had uh, perseverance and you uh, fought through some adversity to get to where you are today. And I'm you know what? I'm not your dad, but if I was your dad, I'd be super, super proud of you. Super proud. I mean, this story, you guys, when you hear it, you're going to go, oh, my gosh, this is a strong, strong person full of character and uh, the whole nine yards. So I'm more than happy uh, to have you on the uh, on the uh, episode today. Um, so let's get started real quick. I mean, we uh, you and I met. When did uh, when did you get the backgrounds? Uh, 2013, July of 2013. Oh man! So we we're like eight years. We've been friends for eight years, and yeah, I'm a time little, flies. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, little. I'm gonna let a little cat out of the bag. Uh, Minerva, she has a nickname for me, a little pet name. I, let's just go and share that. Get that out right, right quick. What do you call me? Sunshine. She calls because me because you're always so happy and friendly, <laughs> and always had a smile on your face. But you are the sunshine. So people don't know, we worked in the basement with no windows, no reception, but here walked Ken every morning with a big <laughs> smile and good morning. So you were the sunshine in the basement. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind that. I take that as a, as a compliment. So that's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about you. Um, can you tell our, uh, our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself? Uh, what, what, uh, you know, what your journey was uh, to become a police officer and and a little bit about just your background. Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in L.A. and I grew up on 18th Street in almost the, like the Pico Union area of Los Angeles. Yeah. And for those that don't know, 18th Street is one of the biggest Hispanic gangs in L.A., And now Mm -hmm. we're talking about, I was born in the late seventies. So I grew up there in the eighties where, when LA was like the gang capital of the world. So I remember seeing a lot of police officers coming into my neighborhood. And I remember seeing a lot of gang activity, drug activity. That's what I grew up seeing. But I remember that there was a, a black female officer who would come into our area. And I think, and you and I have discussed this and that we've tried to figure out who that may have been, Mm -hmm. but, um, I remember that she would always bring us lollipops and she was always so friendly with every, all the kids, you know, I think she was trying to kind of make it seem like there's a better life outside of this area that you're in, in your mm-hmm. community. So I always grew up thinking like, man, I want to be like her because I grew up seeing young girls, teenage girls getting pregnant with hickeys on their necks and 
you know, this is what I grew up seeing. And for me, that was just not an attractive lifestyle. So I always wanted to be a police officer and the female officer was kind of like my role model. Even though I don't remember her name, I was really young, but I know that from about age five is when I wanted to become a police officer. So um, I tried joining the Explorer program. Eventually my parents did move our family out of there to Norwalk, but I continued to go to school in Los Angeles. So I would get, my mom would drive me to my bus stop and then I would go to get bus to my school in West LA. Um, My parents made sure that I was involved in extracurricular activities like music. And so that's what I got involved in music. I went to a music academy that was a high school. And, um, but I tried joining the Explorer program when I was about 14 years old at Norwalk Sheriff Station and I got denied. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, the sheriff's You know how hard that is? (laughs) You know how hard that is to do to be DQ'd by the Explorer program? (laughs) Well, I got DQ'd or denied because I, I didn't have the age. I had to, you had to be 15. Oh. So, and I was only 14 at the time. So it wasn't anything in my background that really disqualified me. I just was, <laughs> didn't have the age. But, um, you know, because I went to school in West LA and, and it's, you know, for those who are not familiar with the LA area, my high school was maybe about 30 miles from my home, but with LA mm. traffic, it becomes like an hour and a half commute. So by the time I got home, I just didn't have time to be involved in the Explorer program. But, uh, you know, fast forward, went to college. I went to Cal State LA where I was majoring in criminal justice. There was a job fair and uh, there was a recruiter from Glendale PD who told me about the cadet program. So I joined the cadet program. I was about 19 at the time while I went to college. And that was my foot into law enforcement. Uh, shortly, right before I graduated college, my senior year, I applied with Glendale PD and LAPD. LAPD hired me, so I left to LAPD. Mm. Got into what uh, I graduated June of '99, and I got into what was the CAPS program, which is the program to prepare female candidates for the academy mm. in July. So a month after graduating college, I went into the CAPS program. And then in August, I started the regular academy. And at the time, the academy was 28 weeks long. And on the 22nd week, I bailed out. I double tapped in Mm -hmm. shotgun qualification. And it was heartbreaking because my whole life, my goal was to become a police officer. And, you know, being so close to graduating and failing out of the academy was just very devastating. But you know what? This is what I wanted to do. I was very fortunate that Glendale PD gave me a job as a civilian right afterwards. And it just so happened that one of my professors from college happened to be the dean at the Rio Hondo Police Academy. So he had also, you know, extended, told me that, hey, if you want to start the academy right now, you can start a class just started. You can come in right now, but that would mean that I would have to put myself through the academy. And well, you know, I had bills to pay, so I needed an income. So I couldn't, I couldn't put my or sponsor myself to go through the academy as Rio Hondo allows people to sponsor themselves. So I again applied with LAPD and Glendale PD, which means I had to start all over from the beginning, from the application process. And uh, 
this time I got hot um, because I had gone through a background process and everything. My process went really fast with LAPD. But at that point, my heart was kind of set with Glendale because I had worked there since I was a young kid. I pretty much grew up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up getting hired by Glendale PD and went through Rio Hondo and successfully completed the academy. So I didn't give up. This was my lifelong dream. And I went the long route, but <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> now, you went through the LEPD Academy in 1999, correct? Correct. And how, so what was the, what was the gap between the, the failing, the, I hate using that word, man, because we'll, we'll hey, get into, it is what it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into a little bit more because that's, a, that's an important subject as well. Um, so what was the gap between the 1999 uh, washout and the picky, getting picked up by Glendale? So I filled out in January of 2000 and I ended up going to the Rio Hondo Academy in October of 2000. So nine months. There's a couple of things I want to hit. I want to hit you up about because I think they're important for people. Uh, You know, this is, you know, a lot of candidates have a dream. They have a dream. And Mm -hmm. I talk to, I talk on the podcast all the time. People have police candidates, especially in 2021. You know, back in the day, I could say 1980, boy, I just had a calling in my heart. I, I just, I knew I was supposed to be a police officer. In 2021, Minerva, with all that's going on with the anti-police sentiment and all that, when someone says in 2021, I want to be a cop, I'm called to be a cop. That's you're meant to be a cop. And I really feel in in talking to you that um, no matter what, I mean, no matter what, I just really believe that you had it in your heart that that I, you know, and and going one of the things I want to hit, uh, I want to touch on is that in the academy, in the academy, you are go- yours was uh, twenty. You said twenty six weeks. Uh, yeah. So no, the LAPD academy at the time was twenty eight weeks. I filled oh. out in the twenty second week, so, so I had my, six weeks to graduate. <laughs> yeah, and my academy was twenty four weeks, so I was six yeah. months. Um, and and. Uh, and I don't know if people realize that you in the academy, you're one test away. You can mm-hmm. you can go all the way to the twenty seventh, twenty sixth week, and you're one test away. I'm not trying to scare people. <laughs> no, well, you know, one thing about you and I is that we don't like to sugarcoat things, and we say say it how it is, right? Mm-hmm. And it is true, you know, the academy, every week you're, you're going through two to three tests a week, you know, on top of the physical training. So, and then I'll touch on that as well. Um, but if you fail one test, you get remediated and then you have a second chance to take the exam. And if you fail, that's it, you're out. So that's what they call double tap. And that's what happened to me. So what really happened in my situation was that you know, even though I grew up in a rough area, I have never been in a fight. I had never had to tackle anybody down. You know, I didn't play football. I didn't know how to do this stuff. You know, my parents, um, although I was exposed to this stuff, my parents were very good about keeping me away from the gang activity that I I was being exposed to. But in the academy, especially LAPD academy, there's a lot of 
self-defense training and a lot of like ground grappling that we were being trained on. And this was all new to me. And so I had just had an exam where I had to tackle somebody down and I had never done that. So I did it. I didn't do it correctly. And I hurt my shoulder. But later that day I had shotgun qualification. And if you've ever shot a shotgun, you know that that's going to hurt your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my shoulder was already hurt. And then I had shotgun qualification and I felt now in my case, I wasn't having issues with shooting. I had never shot a gun, so I didn't have any bad habits to overcome like some people do when, you know, like that have shotguns and, you know, LAPD trains you in a very specific way on how to shoot your weapon. And luckily I didn't have that. So I didn't have any problems shooting, but when it came to qualifying, I failed and I got remediated that same day for two hours. Now, this is what I remember that it was a long weekend and my instructor noticed that I kept flinching every time. I kept anticipating the pain every time I would, tr pull, before I pulled the trigger. So he asked me, he's like, what is wrong with you? And I said, sir, I, I hurt my shoulder and, you know, I'm, I'm just, my shoulder hurts. And he was like, why didn't you say so? And I said, because. When you're in the academy, you can only miss so many hours due to an injury. And I had already had an injury before that from running. So I'd already missed a few hours. And I didn't want to say anything because I was like on the cusp of that max amount of time that you can miss. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, this is like I said, this was my life dream. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to suck it up because that's just what you do. So he said, hey, it's a long weekend. I said, take ibuprofen, do whatever you do. You know, come Tuesday because Monday was a holiday. Um, we'll, we'll take care of it. So I got remediated two hours again before I had to do my final qualification. Now for the final qualification, your drill instructor has to be present. The firearms instructor has to be present. The firearms sergeant has to be in, present. All these people have to be present to verify that you actually passed. So two hours before that, I'm, you know, we're training, we're doing drills, we're doing practice tests, no problem. But when it came to do the actual test that would allow me to continue, I failed. And what sucked is that, you know, I saw my uh, target, they had the targets that turn. And I saw that I, before the target turned, I saw that I hadn't passed. And I was like, I know I didn't pass. And, you know, the sergeant said, hey, you know, sorry, but you double tap and that's it. So the next morning I had to show up with all my gear to the DI's office. And, you know, that was the end of my LAPD career. <laughs> there was a, when I, even when I was going through the academy, there was, a, it was a kind of a joke, but it wasn't a joke when they, uh, the big joke was uh any time in the academy, you'd be sitting in class and somebody comes in through the door and they go, you know, Roy Ball, hat and books. And everybody looked at you, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough it's thing. It's a walk of shame. Yeah, it's a walk of shame. But I, I think that, I think that in a, in a, in a kind of a, a certain sense, the, the candidates who are like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and look at them. I just passed this test and I passed my medical and I'm in backgrounds now and, and I passed my physical. And then um, all of a sudden they get the call and they, they get a letter, mm -hmm. you know, and they say, uh, I'm sorry, you're not going to go past this point. And I think that heartbreak is something, it was kind of more doubly for you, but it, 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 I feel like it has that same feeling 
that when you are in your dream and then all of a sudden you're told, nah, sorry, you've, you got to go home. What is, what, how, what, how did you deal with that? I mean, that's got to be devastating. Oh, I was heartbroken. I cried, you know, and I remember the, the firearm sergeant saying, Hey, you know, this happens. It's not the end of the world. No crocodile tears because he could just see the tears rolling down my eyes, you know, rolling down my face. And I mean, I was so close. That's the, that's the harder part, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. one thing, I mean, just to get, like you said, even in the hiring process, you know, it's like, did you pass the written, you know, did you pass the oral interview? Like everything is like pass, 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 right? You got to pass, right? And to be so close yet so far, and then to have to start all over again, it was really heartbreaking. And but I, I, I knew like in my, this is all I've ever wanted to do. This was my life dream, you know. And I've always liked helping people. So this is what since I was like five, that's all I ever wanted to do. I mean, people knew my family knew like she wants to be a police officer. And you know, the, the, the harder part for me was my mother did not support me in that. Mm. My mother did not want me to be a police officer. So she was always trying to like, no, well, what, did, why don't you do this? Why don't you do something else? Why don't you study something else? You know? And uh, so I mentioned earlier that I went to a high school that was a music academy. I had gotten a music scholarship to Loyola Marymount, to LMU, to Loyola Marymount University, but it wasn't a full ride. So I initially went into college as a music major. Um, But, you know, I came from a single household and my mom was like, hey, we can't afford that school. You know, even then college was so expensive. But so I ended up going to Cal State LA because Cal State LA had one of the better criminal justice departments in the West Coast. So after about, I don't know, like a quarter or two, my mother asked, like, hey, how come I haven't been to any of your concerts? Because I did go into uh, Cal State LA as a music major for initially, and I switched to criminal justice without telling her. Mm. And then I told her, I said, hey, you know what? I don't want to be a musician. That is not what I want to do. I want to be a police officer. That's what I've always wanted to do. And I remember her telling me all these years, I've put you in music, I've done this, I've put you in concerts to try to dissuade you from doing that. And here you still are wanting to do this. So this is something that at my core, I wanted to be and do. So although failing the academy was very heartbreaking and a setback, I was was not going to give up on my dream. But that's my personality, right? You have to have that want and desire to want to move forward and try again right Mm -hmm. so when you fail you can't just be like okay I failed because then you don't improve or grow as a person you got to try again if this is really what you want you will try and do whatever you can to achieve that goal and I tell I tell the candidates that all the time a no doesn't mean anything no uh, I remember when I was uh, when I was in the academy. I didn't tell a part of my family uh, because I was I had a fear of failure. So it wasn't until I had actually been awarded my badge, you know, in the academy. I think the month before when I was going through the month before they give you your badge because the whole month of um, of your final month in the academy, you were you got to wear class A uniforms. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but I waited until the end of the fifth month before I, I went to some of my family and I pulled out my badge and I said, I, I'm going to be a police officer. But it was because I didn't want to, I didn't want to go back. Cause you know, once you get hired, you tell everybody and everybody goes, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you're going to be an amazing police officer. And then you have to go back and go, yeah. Hey man, I, I'm, I, I've, not in the academy anymore. What was that? That was probably yeah. tough. Well, now put yourself in my shoes. I worked at a law enforcement agency, left that law enforcement agency to go to LAPD. Mm. And then I came back. So can you imagine like, oh, you're back? What mm-hmm. happened? Mm-hmm. You know, and even though you deal with some off, you, you know, I worked in a law enforcement, so I'm around you know, officers and they know, because like you said, you're in the class and somebody's name gets called out. It's like, get your books and stuff. Come on. (laughs) Everybody knows what that means. Right. So they knew, but I was very fortunate that, um, although I had gone back to my previous law enforcement agency, people took me in, um, and helped me. Um, I know that at that time, um, the law enforcement agent Glendale, I, I worked for Glendale PD. They were selling some shotguns and the fire, one of the firearms, the Rangers, uh, uh, told me the, told me, Hey, you know, we're going to be selling the shotguns. If you want to buy one and you're welcome to come to the range and practice. Mm. And so I did that. I bought a shotgun and I went up there. They took me up there. They took me to practice my, you know, like practice, practice with your firearm, practice, 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 you know, and, because they knew that I was going to reapply. They knew I had reapplied with LEPD. They knew I had reapplied with Glendale PD. Um, the other thing was, I mentioned that I graduated college in June of 99 and was in the academy or the CAPS program in July and the academy in August. And I was not physically prepared for the academy the first time around. Mm-hmm. I, and that was eye-opening for me. Uh, academically, no issues. I was still in student mode. No problems with the, you know, taking the exams when it came to learning laws and all that stuff. But physically, I was the last runner. Um, push-ups, pull-ups, please. Like, I couldn't do those things, you know. And it <laughs> sucked. It sucked, you know. Uh, I remember um, taking a self-defense class, and um, I just wasn't prepared for all that. And I, at the time I, my, my last name was Ramirez. And I remember one of the instructors being like, come on, Ramirez, what are you going to do? You know, like just <laughs> yelling at me and you're not prepared for that. You know, I didn't serve in the military. I wasn't prepared, you know, ready. I didn't know about getting yelled at. Now you learn that it's a game. I, it was so eye opening for me so that when I spelled, I took that, as an opportunity to learn from it and, and train for the Academy. So not only did the people at Glendale help me with shooting, but other people were like, Hey, come on, how can we physically prepare you? And we would go run six miles, hills, do pull-ups, push-ups. I mean, I, I worked my butt off, but that Mm -hmm. the second time I went to the Academy, I was the only female that could do pull-ups. I could do a bunch of push-ups. I think at the time I was able to do 40 push-ups without stopping. I went in going, um, being able to do two pull-ups, um, running. I was still not the fastest, 
I was in the middle of the pack, which is fine. Kind of where you want to be. Just kind of want to blend with everybody else in the academy so you don't mm-hmm. get ticked on. But um, but instructors also know that females don't normally aren't able to do those things physically. So it's almost like they didn't even believe that I could do this. Oh. <laughs> so, but, you know, then they saw it. And then I got pushed that by the time I graduated the academy the second time around, I came out being able to do eight pull-ups. That was more than some of the guys in my class, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that instead of saying, oh, I failed and give up. You know, like, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? And like, what are my goals here? And that's what I, I was able to take that. Now, I was like fortunate that I had other people, the support that I had. Absolutely. But I could have totally given up. And had they seen that I had given up, they wouldn't have extended all that support to me either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- this was uh, this was 22 years ago. Yes. Two <laughs> years ago. And you guys, I got to tell you, uh, it's so funny that this whole thing, you're talking about the physical training and you were just, you were, you were just terrible. I was. <laughs> just terrible I, I guess I was. <laughs> at PT. But the, the funny thing is this morning when we were getting, you know, uh, I'm in studio. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm setting everything up. And then um, Minerva comes on into the studio. She goes, I'm sorry. I'm a couple of, <laughs> a couple of, uh, <laughs> of uh, minutes late. I, I, I had to get in a, a kickboxing class before <laughs> the podcast. And I'm like, this is 22 years later. And man, that stuck with you that the importance and it's not, and you know, let's speak about this a little bit because I think it's important in that, in that people go, the focus in hiring is that, man, you got to pass that PFQ. You got to pass that PFQ and you got to get this score. And they put the scores so low that um, if you tried a little bit and you worked out for, I don't know, a few months, you could pass, you could get the minimum score. But Minerva, tell us about the importance of after you get out of the academy because you just can't stop being in shape the guys the the ex-cons on the street they they don't you can't tell them oh dude you know i really can't fight with you because i I haven't worked out in a little bit they don't give a crap about that (laughs) so no i mean you're constantly being sized up you know that's just the truth wherever you're gonna work you know you wear that uniform you come in contact with the public you're constantly being sized up and you know, I want to hit this heart with some of your female uh, listeners um, that even as a female, you know, not only are you being sized up by the people, you know, the citizens that you serve, but you're being sized up by your by your other partners, your other police officers in your agency. Because when, you know, things hit the fan, you're expected to act. You know, you're there mm-hmm. to help. And uh, but it's important to stay in shape. You know, you're, you're carrying an extra 20 what 25 to 30 pounds of weight you know you think all that your vest your belt your gun your ammo you know and now you know you have so many things to carry i remember um um, i was when i returned to patrol i had left patrol for a little bit but when i went back that's when they had issued tasers and i just had no more room in my belt for a taser and I remember a sergeant saying, where's your taser? I go, I just have no more room in my belt. I just don't. <laughs> you know, you have your ammo pouch, your keys, your, your radio, your baton, your, you know, your handcuffs, your gun. You know, there's just so much to carry. So if, if you add all that weight up, I mean, think about if 
if you're already out of shape, that's an extra 30 pounds of weight that you have to carry around you. And now you got to run with that and with that, all that gear. So people are, are always slicing me up, always. Mm-hmm. And you have to be aware of that. And, and, you know, I'm not even a police officer anymore and I still try to stay in shape. I just think that's important. It really did stick with me. It really did. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important. And we're going to go on to a, another another uh, topic here. Before we do that, we're going to break for a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Policebackground.net is the premier background investigation prep site with veteran investigator Ken Ryball, who spent 16 years conducting over 1,400 LAPD backgrounds. For more information, go to policebackground.net. Now, back to the Police Applicant Podcast. Okay, so now it's, it's, uh, it's 1999. You're heartbroken. You're, you're devastated. But you didn't crawl into a corner and quit. Where did you get, where did you get the courage to say, I'm going to go through another academy. That's like, I mean, when people, when people get DQ'd and they're just, you know, they tell me I'm devastated. And I know that I know they're, they're heartbroken, but what they can do is they can, I tell them, don't quit, apply somewhere else, reapply, go do it. But they didn't have to, but they didn't go through 25, 26 weeks of the academy and then go, you know what? I'm going to do that again. How did you get the strength <laughs> to say, I'm going to do the, uh, an entire academy again? You know, like I said, this was my life dream and I was not going to give up on it. It just, this is all I ever wanted to do. It really was, you know, and how many people get to do their dream job? How many people say, when I grow up, I want to do this and I want to do that. And life takes them in another direction and they just never get to do it, you know, Although I ne- I never, I didn't graduate the academy, I got a taste of it. You know, I got a taste of, like, this is my dream job and this is what I want to do. And I just, I, it just wasn't something that I was willing to quit on. It really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, I like I said, I took that as an opportunity to learn what I had to work on, which was the physical part of it. And I really immersed myself in that. You know, I mean, I, I lost so much weight. I remember I lost like, I think I lost like 20, 30 pounds. And I just really, I was working out like two to three hours almost every day, you know, and I just wasn't really, it wasn't, quitting was just not an option for me at that Mm -hmm. point. It wasn't an option. It, It never had been an option. I, would have been even more devastated had I failed the second time around. But I feel that had I failed the second time, I still would have gone for that third time because mm-hmm. this is what I wanted to do. Like I said, it just wasn't quitting was not an option for me. It's not. And, and, and you know, and it's a personality thing too. You know, it's, it's a, it's being strong mentally, you know, the Academy is a mental thing too. It's not just the physical and the, you know, the academic, but, it's mentally preparing for that and having the mental fortitude to say, Hey, you know, yeah, this is hard. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy, but you, you just got to push through. And that's the type of personality that I have. And 
that's going to carry you on even when you, if you do pass the academy. Can you imagine if you're in a fight? You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to give up. Mm-hmm. You got to keep going. You're in that fight and people don't think, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds in a fight is a long time. Yeah. And you can't just be like, uh, I don't, I'm tired because, you know, yeah. that could be the end of you, you know, and so you really have to have that mental fortitude to say, you know, I'm just not a quitter. It's just, I'm just got to keep pushing, 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 pushing. And that's just who I am. And like I said, it, it wasn't going to happen for me. Quitting just wasn't an option. Yeah, we, we did an interview, uh, interview um, a couple of interviews ago with uh, Sergeant uh, Betsy Smith. And we were talking about, uh, you know, getting in fights and, and everything. And I, I said that the worst thing that can happen to you as a police officer is you'll get murdered. You'll, yeah. you'll get dead on the job. So this whole, this whole subject of physical fitness, and it's not just physical fitness. It's not just physical fitness. It's having the mental, uh, the mental, Strength. what do you call it? Yeah, the mental fortitude, that right state of mind. So if the worst thing that can happen is someone pulls out a gun and shoots you in the head, how much more, how, what, when we talk about, being able to take defeat and turn it into victory. If, mm-hmm. if the worst thing that can happen is someone takes your life and you're not willing to quit for that, then how is it that you cannot possibly, how can you imagine failing something like the Academy or getting a DQ and not say, I can come back from that? Because if you're going to fight for your own life in the field, you've got to have, that's still the same person, right? Aren't you right. the same person? So, what would you say to what would you say to uh, uh, to candidates who are going into the process and and they get you know their their whole application falls off the rail when it comes to to the having the courage to to continue on? You know, it's going to be so cliche, but just don't give up. Just don't give up. Now, you know, you and I were background investigators, and mm-hmm. we know that there are those few people that they keep getting disqualified because it's a background issue. Now there are some issues that you can come back from and there's some that you cannot. Now, if it's an issue that you cannot, then you know what? This is really not just for you. This is not for you. Even though you may want it, it's just not going to happen. But that's just because of decisions that that person made in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it is something that you can come back from, then why are you giving up on it? You know, and um, if you need to put some space and time, then do that. Use that time to prepare for the academy. Use that time to show, to make the right decisions and show that you have grown from your past mistakes. So that's what I would say. Don't give up. You know, really don't give up. What can you learn from what have you, what what were the mistakes that you made and what can you, how can you improve those mistakes? Mm-hmm. how can you grow as a person, you know? And um, that's pretty much it. I mean, as cliche as it is, right? Just mm-hmm. don't give up. And what can you do to improve? And sometimes, you know, like like um, your program, right? The, your business, that's what it does. You help people like, hey, this is what you need to work on. Then, you know, take that information. Ask people who are on the job if you know somebody. And if not, you know, I mean, that's a little harder, but... You know, you can always try and find a friend who knows somebody because everybody knows mm-hmm. a police officer. 
and and try to have a mentor to find a mentor that can mentor you, mentor you through that, you know, and help you. I mean, yeah. I was like that. That was the fortunate part of me, right? And, you know, I didn't specifically go to people, but I think people saw that I wasn't quitting, and that gravitated the right people towards me, and they helped me prepare for the second time around. So by the second time around, that it, by the time I went to the academy the second time around, it was so much easier. It was fun, believe it or not. Oh. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and who says that, right? Who says? The police academy was fun. <laughs> Nobody ever says that. But I was so physically, mentally prepared for it that it really was fun for me. Not saying some days were hard because they were. You know, and my experience with the LAPD Academy and the Rio Hondo Academy were two completely different experiences, mm-hmm. too. You know, LAPD is just LAPD, and there's a lot of tradition that comes with going to an LAPD Academy. Rio Hondo, you have different candidates from different agencies that go through that academy and people who even sponsor themselves, right? So you just have a much larger pool of different people and personalities going there. So it it wasn't the same, but when it came to being a stressful academy, I felt that the Rio Hondo Academy was definitely a lot more stressful at the time than LAPD is now. I don't know what they would be now, but you know, and it, I don't know, it was just fun. I, I, I was so mentally prepared that it really was fun for me. And who yeah, says I've, that, right? I've had, <laughs> I've, I've had people uh, tell me, yeah, you know, I went through the Academy and, and uh, I really liked it. I had a, I had a really good time going through the Academy and I'm like, I, I, I do not recall that. I do not recall <laughs> sharing those sentiments. Um, yeah. But uh, here's the cool thing about today's interview. This, this, this story, because of who you are and, and the, the uh, courage and, and, and the person that you are, and the, you're talking about the mental, your, your mental state of mind, that this story ends in victory. So mm-hmm. let's, go, let's go to the part where you, okay, now you're, you're out of the academy. There's a time gap. You've, you, you're, I mean, it's got to be messing with your head. At some point, uh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not able to do this. And then you decide, I'm going to do it again. Take us from the time that you got picked up and you went to, to Rio Hondo. But see, that's the thing. The thought that maybe I, I can't do this didn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That thought didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> this was happening and I was going to make it happen. And you that's, know, I that's knew, I, yeah, see, I knew that when it came to background and the hiring process, I knew that I've been through it. I can get through it again. But like saying that this wasn't for me, that wasn't even a thought for me. Mm -hmm. This is what I was going to be. And this is what I was going to do. And I was going to do anything to pass and get through it. You know? And like I said, I mean, I was working out a lot. I was working full time and I was working out. I was, working out two, three hours a day. I was running, I was doing weights. I was working on my pull-ups, on my push-ups. To me, I thought, for me, physically, I felt that was going to be my biggest obstacle in the academy. Academically, I knew that wasn't going to be an issue, you know. Um, but and especially because I had already completed all the exams. The, the, at the time, they were called knowledge domains. I don't know what they're mm. called now. But I already completed all that part of the exams. 
I'd already completed the self-defense part. Um, the shooting, that was the thing that I also, you know, felt like, you know, it's kind of scary to go back because it's on your mind. Mm-hmm. I failed this part. So the second time around, that's in the back of your head. But, you know, that's when you have to quiet that little voice and really kind of be your own cheerleader and say, hey, I'm going to get through this. I can do this. I'm going to do it. And it's not I can do it. It's I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. No right. matter what, I am going to do this. And that was just it. And so for me, I think, but that's part of the mental preparation, right? Of the, the mental state of mind is saying, hey, this is, I'm doing this. I don't care what. I'm going to do this. You know, so it really is, you have to mentally prepare. It's not just physically, physically, obviously for me, because, you know, I just really was not ready for the Academy when I went in. It was so eye-opening for me. But that comes, as long as you train your body, you can get through that part. But it's the mental part that you really have to work on. Well, you bring, you bring up a very, very good point. What was it that made you not mentally prepared for the academy? The first time around? Yeah. You know, I was a college kid who had just graduated, who always wanted to be a cop, and that was it. I didn't know. I didn't, at the time, know. I didn't know. I knew police officers because some of them were my instructors in college, my professors. But I never sat down and talked to them about mentally preparing for that. I really thought it was just academic and physically, even though physically I hadn't done anything to prepare for it. But mentally, I, I feel like I needed that failure to open my eyes and really see what I needed to work on. You know, it's sad to say that. I mean, now, you know. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You, you know, you know, you get it, you know. And even as I'm talking to you, I'm like, I'm having like this epiphany, like aha moment, like oh, mm-hmm. like maybe I really needed that, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I just, you know, I I don't know. I I didn't know better, to be honest with you. I didn't mentally prepare because I didn't know what to expect about when I was in the academy. I didn't. I had no clue. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what my end goal was. I just didn't know what the process would be or the journey would be like to get to that end goal. I had no real expectation of what that would look like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I remember like, you know, Black Monday, right? The very first day, you know, and you're getting yelled at, you're in your little suit, you know, and you're like, sweating and you're like trying not to lock your knees so you don't pass out because that was that's the one thing I did know not to lock my knees you know you're getting yelled at and I've never been yelled at like that I didn't know what to expect you know <laughs> and and so that's why I think the second time around I'm like okay just look through them just look through the DI that's standing in your face yelling at you and just look through them and you're just hoping that somebody else says something or say something to get their attention so they can leave you alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just didn't know better I, because I, I don't know. I just didn't, to be honest with you. I just did not know better. I had never talked to anybody of what the Academy process was going to be like. I didn't yeah, know. It's, it's a, it's interesting that a lot of people, they get excited, they go into the Academy and then, uh, but the Academy is no joke. I mean, you've got, 
you've got 24, 26, whatever, how many weeks it is to go through the academy. There's academics, there's there's um, shooting, there's self-defense, there's tactics. There's, I mean, EVOC. EVOC. EVOC is <laughs> yes. crazy scary, man. For me, it was. Um, <laughs> but there's all this stuff. And on top of that, just that if you had just had to go through those things alone, that would be stressful. But then they come out and they yell at you. And then during PT, you know, uh, you're they're, they're on their 200th push-up. And you've only done 199. And it's like, ah, and you're struggling. And that it's just an automatic, stressful environment. And I, I think, go ahead. Yeah, it's stressful and controlled, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're out in the field and you're dealing with that guy who's been paroled, and if he gets arrested, it's his third strike, guess what? It's not going to be an easy conversation with this person you know so that's what they're preparing you for to deal with these type of people that you're really going to come in contact with on the street you know so yeah i mean it's a mind game but you know what it is all in preparation for the things that you are going to be exposed to when you work patrol and in talking to you it feels like you're saying that you can be an amazing amazing physical shape and yet if you're not mentally prepared for the stress that comes with the academy that could be that could be your undoing if you if you go oh i can't do this too hard or yelling at me and stuff like that if that's if you're not mentally i mean you've got to be tough mentally once you you get good you know what ken i'll tell you this so for the long for glendale pd where i used to work with um when i did uh backgrounds um not only did i do backgrounds but we were also the background investigators were also in charge of doing recruitment the the written being part of the written exam the oral exam the physical agility test and we would go to the academy and visit our candidates so we really kind of you know spent a lot of our time with the candidates that we did that we did their backgrounds for but i've seen a few people that could be the number one cadet of their class you know and when they hit the street and they go to a call, they freeze mm-hmm. and they can't take it. Now, here's the number one cadet physically, academically, you know, did well shooting, did well taxes, graduated number one cadet of their academy class. But they hit the streets and now you're not in a control environment, right? And things don't go the way it goes in the academy and they freeze and they cannot take it. Mm-hmm. And that's all mental. You know, that's a mental thing. Like you said, you could be the strongest person, you could do this, but if you don't have the mental, the proper mental state of mind to do this job, you know, you may not make it. You may not. uh, I think nowadays they have, they offer trainings and things like that, that keep you, keep you mentally sharp. And, and I don't know all the trainings out there. I've been out of the game for a long time, but um, I'm sure there's things out there that that get you prepared uh, to be ready all the time, but um, you just can't get lax in police work. You can't. Uh, no, you that can. mental I- preparedness. Yeah. So you. So did you get hired uh, by Glendale PD, and and then they sponsored you in the academy? Yes. So I did get hired by Glendale PD, and they put me at the time that they were sending their cadets to Rio Hondo. So I was, 
state sponsored me. I was getting paid. I was an employed at the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to go through the academy. Mm-hmm. What do you? Um, we were talking about uh, about sponsoring uh, yourself through the academy. I personally, I'm not a fan of, of self sponsoring, just simply because. When the, when the headhunters come to the academies to hire people, they're looking for the top tier people. And if you um, if you don't consider yourself top tier, and you graduate, you know you 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 can't. It's a full time gig. You can't work. You got to go through the academy. Yeah. Plus, you got to pay. And I think I think it's over three thousand, five thousand dollars, or whatever, to go through the academy. So you got to pay that money, not work, and then you graduate. And you've got three years to get hired before your post certificate expires, and you got to update it. Do you, what do you think about self sponsoring? Is that something that um, you're a fan of, or no? I'm not a fan of it um, because you know I saw the some of the people that were in my class that were self sponsored, and now that I have been a police officer and a background investigator. Um, I'm not sure that some of those people would have gone through, which is probably why they sponsor themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I know that some of the, the people that had sponsored themselves in my class that ended up getting hired ended up getting fired mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards. Mm-hmm. They didn't quite make it. And uh, for whatever reasons it may be, I don't know specific reasons for all of them, but um, I just feel that when an agency hires you is because, you know, you have what it takes to do this job, you know, for the most part, right. There are still going to be people who are going to get washed out. You know, even after you graduate the Academy, you still have one year of probation to prove that you can do this job. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm, So it doesn't even, so even then it doesn't end at the Academy because when you're in training and I don't know how it was with LAPD, but with Glendale PD, I think our, field training was um, four or six months. And even during that time period, I was still taking exams, Mm. you know, geography exams, PC exams, you know, constitutional law exams, tactics, you know, I was still getting exams. I had to take a final exam and then I had to do what we call a ghost write where either your training officer or sergeant writes with you like a writer, like a civilian, they're not in uniform. And you're the officer calling all the shots you know it's mm-hmm. you it's you you know so people don't even think that they're a police officer no pressure so, no pressure i'm just here as you ride along you know <laughs> i'm a ghost because that's what it's called a ghost, ghost right yeah. so the, uh, i mean I, but yeah i'm not i'm not a fan i i think that i don't know i mean i just think that you get a better quality when somebody goes through the hiring process, uh, the whole entire process of the testing process, the background and going through an academy being sponsored by an agency. And, you know, that's just my personal opinion on that. Yeah. If you're uh, listening to this podcast and you're considering self-sponsoring, uh, give me a call. Let's talk about it because uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan. Let's see if you are absolutely, if that's something that uh, you're pretty sure you're going to get hired, but let, let's, let's, let's talk about it. You can give me a call and uh, we'll discuss that. So you got high. So you you went through the whole Academy again, you were hired by Glendale PD and then Correct. tell us about your journey with Glendale PD. Well, luckily, Rio Honda was only 20 weeks long, <laughs> so wow. it was a lot shorter uh, by two months, but um, 
so, you know, my background was squeaky clean. I literally went from high school to college to LAPD, you know, and I had already worked with Lindell PD as a police cadet when I was in the, in college. So I had literally by that point had done like three, four, gone through three, four background processes because <laughs> Glendale, LA, Glendale, LA at the same time, you know? So when it came to my background, it wasn't an issue. Like I said, the police academy, I was just so prepared for it that it really was so much easier and so much more fun, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, Glendale does have a pre-academy where they, you know, they would take us on runs, um, you know, prepare us, like what the proper etiquette, academy etiquette kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. We got yelled at. Mm-hmm. And then after the we graduated academy we had another like two weeks of post academy and then they assigned me your training officer and then like i mentioned you're in the training and i think i think it was like 24 weeks so maybe it is six months but or yeah something like that and you know for me it was a different might have been a little different because i work for an agency that i started at 19 people saw me grow up mm-hmm. you know I, I i was 19 I was a police cadet. I graduated college. You know, now I'm a police officer there. And that's not uncommon in smaller agencies. You know, kids start there as explorers, move up to cadet mm-hmm. and become police officers, right? But it's harder because these people know you. Mm-hmm. You're not just some random person who just got hired and now they don't know anything about you. These people have known you for years. So the expectation, I feel, is a little, it's higher, Mm-hmm. You know, and my first training officer, he already had 27 years on the job, had been a motor officer, had worked burglary, had worked homicide, you know, and uh, he loved traffic, man. So I, I learned how to write tickets really well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but I, I'll tell you this. He had 27 years on the job, but he loved action. If he mm-hmm. heard a hot call, you knew we were going there. <laughs> you know, and I remember one day um, we were on our way to Van Nuys Division for a warrant pickup. Uh, we we're literally getting off the freeway to go down to the station. And a shots fire call came out. And he's like, turn around. Let's go back. You know, <laughs> and we're driving. And he's like, come on. You know, me- you know, was it metal to- or pedal to the metal? You know, and I was like, I'm driving fast enough, you know. And he was mm-hmm. just like, come on, let's go. And, you know, and. I learned a lot by him and this is before the, you wrote your reports on the computer. You know, I had a pencil. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I'm sorry. I started with a pen and if you made a mistake, there was no using whiteout. You had to write the whole page all over again. Mm. Right. And after a few weeks, he's like, okay, you've graduated to a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I then a pencil then he was like okay he's like I think you're ready to drive and talk about you know even like I said after the cat if the things don't start after the academy if you're not familiar with the city that you're working on you got to learn the geography mm-hmm. you know you got there's a lot of things you have to learn and the whole thing keeping your head on a swivel you know he would drive up into the hills and be like what street are we on stop in the middle of a long <laughs> what street are we on and if uh. you know I learned my lesson the one, it took one time to learn my lesson. I didn't know. He's like, get out of the car and walk down <laughs> and find out what street we're on. You know, so 
Yeah, and this it's being twenty twenty, this being twenty twenty one, I don't know if that stuff is if they allow that anymore. But I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know? just yeah, you I'm sure way. it's not the same. You definitely have to earn your way, you know. Yeah. And um, it, it was, I worked so you know, like I said, he had twenty. I worked in the what I call the dinosaur team. Everybody in that in that team <laughs> had like twenty five plus years on the job, you know, mm. but. He really, he was a good guy. You know, he taught me how to do, write a good report. Um, he, I had no problems. Um, after that, then I had, you know, I got to a second training officer and now you're in a little more advanced. So you're, you're handling your calls, more calls. You're taking the handle and they're kind of standing by and making sure. And if you make a mistake, obviously they step in. But, you know, it was fine. I, I did that and I w- did patrol for what, about five and a half years. And after that, I went to the community policing unit for another two years. And after that, I went to backgrounds. Mm. Did backgrounds for about two and a half years. Went back to patrol. Um, I became what we call a DRE, a drug recognition expert. Mm-hmm. I love DUIs. So I took it a step further, became a drug recognition expert, and then um, and then I hurt my back, and mm. I was IOD for a little bit, but I came back and they put me in a light duty and uh, backgrounds again, and that's kind of like where my career ends. So I, I ended up doing about twelve years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, and then um, eventually I ended up medically retiring, and then. About a year later, I, I met Sunshine in the basement. Sunshine was there. <laughs> and we became Sunshine fast friends, man. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, so you've, you've got quite a, uh, a lot of experience because you, were, you worked um, LEPD backgrounds and you worked civilian LEPD backgrounds. And uh, now you're on, you're on another job uh, working uh, with an investigative unit. So you've got a quite uh, varied career. And you didn't... Um, you didn't quit because you just, you still continued that, that theme where I, I still want to do this. I can't do it anymore physically, but I want to, I want to do investigations. And then people saw your, uh, that you were a good investigator and you're, you're, uh, you're doing all right in 2021. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, cool. I've been, you know, I've been fortunate, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been very fortunate, but you know, I think it's also, you know, that still goes back to, I'm not quitting. Like this is, Still, I enjoy doing investigations. Um, you know, going to backgrounds kind of started one of my partners in the community policing unit. They were in charge of doing the volunteer background. And he had done, he actually, he had, he had help with my cadet background. So he had experience doing backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And one day he said, hey, you know, do you want to help? Do you want to help me with these backgrounds? And I said, well, I've never done them. And he's like, I'll show you. It's very easy. So when the when the position opened up in our background unit, he was you know he was he told the sergeant, hey you know she's already been helping me with backgrounds like she'll be good. Man, I had to go to the interview process like everybody else, and I was selected. and And then I went to background school and you know relearned how to do a more in depth background, and that helped me get that job doing LAPD swarm backgrounds and then civilians and some fire too, right? So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know you got to to be a background investigator. You got to be you got to be post certified. And when I got, I was already in backgrounds prior, but when I went back in uh, 2000, 2006 to backgrounds, they go, "We're going to put on a uh, post certified. Yeah, everybody's going to be post certified for backgrounds." And I'm like, "I already, I'm already post certified. Ah, yeah, do it again." So I'm, I'm post certified twice. 
twice. To be a background of So I had to go twice too, okay? Hey. So I'm like Please. you. No, not quite. <laughs> not the same. Well, I got to tell you, this has been an, an amazing interview. I just, I'm so glad that you, that you came on here for the podcast and I'm going to, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave our listeners with, with this is that, um, the, the theme for this, for this episode, and, and I'll let you wrap it up. But for me, the theme from Minerva to you guys is quitting is not an option. So if you get a DQ, oh, come on, you got a DQ? Did you have to go through a second academy? You can do this. You can do this. So DQs don't mean a no unless, you know, uh, you just got out of prison for and you're on parole for murder or something like that. A DQ isn't, isn't the end of the road. Don't quit. And if for some reason you are in the academy and something happens, Minerva's here to tell you that, that's not the end of the road, man. You can do this and you can you can achieve your dreams. So my my um encouragement to you is is be like Minerva, man. I mean it sounds cliche, <laughs> but be like Minerva. She is a warrior. She's uh she doesn't quit. Can Go I want to add a little thing here? So, you know, not only did I fill the academy twice, but you know, my goal was to do my 30 years in law enforcement and then retired mm-hmm. with 30 years on. And unfortunately, my career was cut short due to an injury. And that was really hard for me, you know, mm-hmm. because at the time, not only did now had I attained the goal of doing my dream job, but I was being told that I could no longer do this job, you know, mm-hmm. by a doctor. I was like, you, you just can't do this job, you know. Um, due to my injury and I was going through some personal issues. I was going through some marital problems at the time too. And it was just a really hard time. But at the same time, I was like, Oh my God, I can't just stay here. Now at that point, now I had two kids too, you know, and it was also showing my kids like, you know, this is, this is not the end of the world, you know, and that was a little harder to get to, you know, move forward from because Mm -hmm. there was just so much going on at that time. But it, again, it's still that whole mental state of mind, right? Like, this is not the end of the world. Yeah, it sucks. It's been hard. But there are other things I can do. And I've been fortunate, you know, that I got that investigator job, you know, the background investigator job with LA where I met you. And I've met some awesome people in this second career of doing investigations. You know, I really have. I, I you know, work with you for just under a year and a half. And I went to LAPD doing civilian workouts. I was there for four and a half years. I've made some long life friends doing this. And, you know, it's, it's been an amazing journey. I, I've had a lot of bumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hasn't mm-hmm. been easy, but definitely just quitting is not an option. And you got to move forward. You do. You got to keep moving forward. So, yep. Anyway, that's why I just wanted to add that. <laughs> and if you have any questions uh, for Minerva, uh, get a, get a hold of me and I'll forward the information to her. Uh, you can email me at ken at policebackground.net and I'll get the information and get the answers for you. If you don't hear back from me, that means she doesn't want to talk to you. Um, but don't take that as a no. Do not take that as a no. Uh, so anyways, yeah, just all joking aside, get a hold of me. 
Um, Minerva's really super cool, and I'm sure she'll be happy to uh, answer your questions, especially for the ladies out there um, who are struggling uh, with some of the physical stuff. Minerva said she was not prepared for physically for the academy the first time and if you need that little extra uh push and incentive on how you do that uh again get a hold of me too so minerva i cannot tell you what a pleasure this has been i i appreciate you so much for uh coming on the show and uh what this is going to probably be one of our more popular episodes you know what this is fun this was fun i mean i i'm a huge fan of your of your podcast you know to begin with when I found out about it, I was like, I got to listen to this. And I just, I'm like, when is the next episode coming up? Because I listen to it during my commute and I just, I just love it, you know, but, cool. and it's something that I know so much about and I just so love this subject, right? This subject matter. But yeah. um, thank you for having me. I, I, this was fun. I really yeah. appreciate it. And what a compliment coming from a background investigator who says that she loves the background <laughs> podcast that's pretty cool so that's kind of neat and and uh, we'll be back you guys we'll be back with a uh, with another episode in a couple weeks and uh, thank you for listening thanks for listening to the police applicant podcast we are the premier police background prep site in the u.s and canada For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.